Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to our weekly podcast, The Current View, then and now with the Ordnerville's Borat, Mr. Terry Curran, part 92 this week, TC, 92. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We've done 100. I know. You know, time flies, even... Well, it gets, it gets quicker as you get, as you get older, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, it, it does. When you think about it, 90 bloody two. I know, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, I'm, oh, you, you know, we go about our weekly business and the weekend goes and you start work on a Monday, you get to Wednesday, you think, blimey, it's almost the weekend. <laughs> and it does just fly. Football's been flying. We didn't have any domestic games this week in the top two leagues. We did from League One, League Two, and further down the pyramid. But we have had a lot of international football, and there's an international uh, game tonight, England versus Hungary. We'll get onto Book Corner a little bit later, because there is a book from the magical Maggie is in there that Andy has recommended. But first, the magic moment. What have you sourced for us this week, TC? Well, I like the Italian uh, volley against Belgium. Yeah. But the, the one what stood out for me was uh, Benzema's goal yeah. final, in the final. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at his age, I know he's playing with great players and he's been a great player. But to produce it in a, in a final, you know, uh, and to come back like he has come back, because obviously... Um, He'd been discarded for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and he's come back. I mean, the goal, did you see the goal? Fantastic. Absolutely Absolute. brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, the keeper's got a finger to it, but he, he, he could even save it, could he, at all, you know? Mm. Absolutely. So that was my magic moment. And what was yours? Well, I picked a few. Um, the Benzema goal, uh, his movement for the goal and the goal itself, I thought was fantastic. You look at Benzema and he's been banging goals in for Real Madrid and for France. You're right, he has been in the wilderness of late and you just think, well, what, how does that happen? Whatever feelings you have towards a player, whatever things have gone on with that player, how do you not play Benzema in the France team? I don't know, but the manager does. But good to see him back because he's a world-class striker. A nice little piece that Ruddy wrote about uh, Benzema as well this week. So have a look at Alan Hudson's Facebook page, guys. Uh, always does some wonderful daily story, blogs. Story. That is quality. I love the way Ruddy does the now and the then and mixes it together. He's an absolutely fantastic writer. But yeah, and he's a fantastic player, and what a goal. And nice to see France win it, because for me, France are the number one team in the world. I know that they didn't win the last Euros, and Spain do play some great football. But I, I agree with Simon, they just do lack that cutting edge, don't they? And if you had a Benzema, or an Mbappe, or probably a Griezmann in that Spanish team, that they probably would win everything. I, I see, I get I get that, and I get what you, you both say. Mm. But the way, it's the way our Spain play, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they've changed, they've changed the way how they play from, mm. you know, uh, from the 
Barcelona been uh, producing the football, what they did over the years. Uh, they like to play now with a probably false number nine. Mm. You know, they, they want to try and pull people out. They don't want to throw the ball into the box. I mean, we call that the uh, plan B, you know. And there's more there's more goals scored against you that way because the keeper will come out, catch it, uh, seven out of ten, and, and set a counter-attack up. Um, but what have happened is, because before France scored, and I watched the game. Yeah. And it's this game. The game's all about things dropping for you at the right moments. Absolutely. So could have been three up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So if they could, and I know they didn't. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Benzema's goal and you look at Mbappe, you're both 100 percent right. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know as well as I do, it goes on the results. I mean, if if um, France don't win, Mbappe don't score, don't play well, and, and, and Benzema, all ifs and buts. If they don't score, the people will be saying, well, Benzema's passed it down yeah. and, and Bappi's uh, mind's not on it because he's wanting to go to Real Madrid. Mm. You know, but you're right. I mean, Guardiola, we were discussing this about Aguero last week, weren't we? Yeah. You know, um, I would imagine if they, if they get the right striker, they would play him. Yeah. But they've got a system where they, they want to pull people away from the penalty box and mm. pull centre-backs out of positions, you know. Uh, into areas where they really don't like going because obviously, you know, it can cause them problems. But I, I see it and I get it. Um, but they must think that they haven't got the right equipment to up front. I'm sure they would play a striker. Yeah, they just don't, for me, Spain, they don't seem clinical enough. And I think that's probably the most appropriate word. Whereas you get Benzema or you get Mbappe or Griezmann um, in their, those areas. You almost know it's it's in the back of the net. And I did, I'm sure I heard something silly that the, the commentator says, is Griezmann, he don't do enough in uh, for me in international football. And, and like, look, he's, I think he's got 100 caps and scored 51 goals in anything, blimey. But going back to what you say, now, we know when you mentioned those strikers, yeah. you look at Ronaldo. Yep. What will Ronaldo do? Score he will goals. shoot. Yeah. No, he'll shoot, but he'll shoot, won't he? Will do, yeah. If you look at uh, Lewandowski, it will shoot. When you look at all the greats, they will shoot from practically uh, not impossible positions. Yeah. But they will get a strike off a goal because that's what the that, that's what the game's all about. Ronaldo's on a different level with with his technical ability. Yeah. But what does Spain try and do? What does Manchester City try and do? They try and walk the ball in. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I do see it, and, and I get what you're both saying. Mm. It's just the way how they play. Different styles, yeah, absolutely. It's a different style. They, yeah. they don't play with a striker. If they got, it, I think if they play with a striker, and not listen, none of us will know until the the, the, the put a striker in there. Yeah. Uh, but I th- like I say, if I think if they thought they got a, a striker, what will get them that twenty odd goals? And, you know, but technically good and and, and get the shots off. I'm sure they would play one, but they try to walk the ball in the net. In it, everything they try to pass it back, it not walk it, but try to pass it into the net. Yeah. You know, um, frustrating. I get it. You know, but I still like to watch them play. Oh, am they? Uh, yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, it's opinions. Yeah. And the guy who gets the opinions right most of the time will win the games. Absolutely. And and for me, Spain and France are just the two best teams in the world because I do like to watch Spain as well. Uh, nice to see that little uh, Gavi 
playing there, seventeen-year-old kid. He looks. Yeah, oh, what a player! player. He, looks he, he does look a player. They just find them, don't they, Spain? Well, I, I, listen, I get that at all. But but that's the way that they play in Spain, so it's hardly surprising that they find them because that's the way that they educate the kids to play it's 17. football. He's seventeen. Yeah. How many seventeen-year-olds are we going to throw in team? Um, we probably won't. Um, Bellingham's probably the only 17-year-old that's come through in recent times, hasn't he? Yeah. But Spain throws him Would he throw him in in the final? No. 100% no. Right? So what, what I'm trying to say here is... Yeah. The technique, their technique to our technique... Superior. ...is on a different level. The, yeah. the, the play, we, we keep a ball, it's slow, slow, slow. Yeah. Well, I'll take that back because it's not slow, slow, slow. But it's not as quick as the, the, the elite teams, is it? Mm, no, it's not. Your Germany's, your Portuguese, your, mm. your Frances, your Belgians, your Spains. Our tempo, I mean, even even Italy has lifted their tempo a mm. lot better than what what they've what they have what they have had over the years. You know, but we will not play that type of player. Mm. We will not throw him in at that level of football. Yeah. First and foremost, we we're frightened it to lose it. Mm. Secondly, our coaching is a lot different from Europe, and I wrote about this yeah, again the other day. Mm. You know, uh, we are fearful of losing games. Yeah. And, until we get out of that, I mean, you must speak to a lot of people in your, in, in you know, uh, in and out of football like you, like you have been. And majority of people will always say, why are the foreign players technically be- better than us? There has to be a reason for it, Gabby. Yeah, because they just, I'm guessing that when they go to their Saturday the schools, where they play for the Sunday team, when they go to the professional football clubs, I'm guessing that in Spain, you're just given a ball, like Cluffy used to say, tool of your trade, learn to love it. When I was a manager of a football team, every player had a football and they just had 10 or 15 minutes with a ball, just on their own, just doing anything. Show me a couple of tricks, show me what you can do. Go up a wall, knock the ball up the wall, just play with that football and get comfortable, then pair up and, and then, and for me, it was always ball work, ball work, ball work. And I think that in this country, it's not, it's fitness and ball work yeah, comes second. I went to a football match, not this Sunday, yeah. last Sunday. Yeah. Under sevens, under eights, under nines, whatever they were. Yeah. Right. The parents telling the young kids what to do. Yeah, been there. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, how does he learn that young lad? Yep. How does he learn what, what mistake he's made mm. and not to try it? Half of them, uh, uh, and I don't like saying this, when I say it's not in a word, you know, they're scared to death of the parents shouting. Yeah. But they don't want to let the parents down, do they? Mm. No, they don't. No. You know, the, you know, so is that a problem? Is it a problem that we don't let the, these young lads express themselves in training? I know I had problems. Yeah. Regardless of what anybody tells you, I don't. I've never, ever, ever fell out with managers ever. Mm. If I weren't playing at uh, Forest and, and and Everton, then I asked for a move. Yeah. And the managers were great with me, and they did encourage me. I fell out with Jack, but that was uh, when I said f- fell out, not in the sense where you're not talking mm. and you're not getting picked. Uh, I didn't like the way we played football, right? But our training what, was monotonous, yeah. which I really did not like. Mm. You know, how do you get the best out of a some, someone what's, you know, he wants to do the things for the manager, but he's not 
keen of what the manager's wanting them to do. Yeah. And I'm trying to put that in, a, but it, I'm looking at both sides of it. Mm. You know, I'm trying to look at both sides. I can understand him, right? But they never understand me because I, I always think that we could win a game. Yeah. And I always thought when you've got a player in your team, like a Jack Grealish, mm. not only can he get you a goal, he will make you a goal. Yeah. You know, and whatever way uh, I played football, I would always have a Jack Grealish in it or an Eddie Gray in it or a Dave Thomas in it or a Terry Coogan in it. Yeah. What can hold on to the ball mm. for 30, 40 seconds when everybody else was maybe a bit tired and give them that breathing space. They can, that type of player will go past people, and pull people out of position. All those little things, when you have a Jack Grealish in your team, is always going to help you. Foden, I would find him, the national team, I would find him a, a place in midfield and that's where he would play. 100%, same here. That's where I would play him because if you're going to play Jack there, mm. left, and I wouldn't even play Jack there. I would play Jack through the middle with Fodden. Yeah, same. Eh? You've got to get you've got to get them players on the ball in areas that they can hurt teams and pass. And I would look at the players I've got. In fact, Rashford would play through the middle for me. I, that, that's my opinion. Mm. And then I would play um, Sterling. And, and you may not be able to over Sterling. Sterling left and Sancho on right. Mm. And that would be my front three with pace. Yeah. All technically, you know, and all capable of chipping in mm. with the uh, 10, 20 goals, 15 goals uh, a season as such. Well, you're going to say to me, well, you're not playing a season. No, but in in 20 and 40 games that they play yeah. at international level, or well, 36 games, they would play, the, they would get 30 odd goals between them. Yeah. You know, and I would let them express themselves, but demand that they understand when we haven't got the ball how important it is. It's, it's important at all times. But you know when you're playing the elite teams, you have to be aware of everything, every single player that you're playing against. You've got to think that it's not going to make a mistake, that player. Because mm. that's how good they are, these yeah. elite teams. So, I want, to, I want to play with pace, I want to play with a tempo, I want to play with uh, confidence. I, I, I don't want them to be fearful of anyone, but I want them to understand when we haven't got the ball. We we don't seem to want to do that. I know Cluffy did it. Mm. And I know Howard Kendall did it. And when you look at their record, they both won European championships. Yeah. What Both won league titles. Mm. Both won uh, cups in this country, whether in FA Cup or a League Cup. You know, um, but our, our, our coaches, people think I have... No, I don't. I want them to be successful. If you look... If you look what I'm what I'm saying is... With, with with their coaching methods is it's fear nothing else it's fear mm. because they would why wouldn't they play with a tempo why would they play with safe players why wouldn't they play with a risk taker you know it it's so it's it's there for everybody to see but for some unknown reason we seen our coaches all seem to coach the same way yeah, yeah. play the same way Absolutely, thank God that the Europeans don't. And uh, I did enjoy the Nations League. I've got to say, yeah, um, Pog, Pogba's range of passing. I think, I mean, he he's such such a player when he's on it. He can. He's got every kind of pass that you need from a player. I mean, he's well, he has got everything about him, Pogba. What I'm going to ask you, mm. 
Uh, and by the way, we and you think similar. Yeah. Why does he not produce that for Manchester United? Because I don't seem to have a bad game for fans. No, I never do. No. You know, but he is playing with world-class players inside yeah. of him. Yeah, he is. And, and I think the biggest problem for Manchester United is the middle of the park. And I think that if they sorted out and bought a couple of quality midfield players in there, possibly you would see a little bit more from Paul Pogba. I, I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate there. Because what I see when I look at Pogba, I just see everything that you want from a football player in that position. You know, but when you get people like him, Sooners, who I admire as a player. Yeah, yeah. Always wants to knock him, doesn't he? Yeah. Right team. Yeah. Always wants to knock him. Mm. I mean, I mean he's been very frustrating. Yeah. I'm not saying that yeah. at all. Mm. But they always want to blame him for Manchester United's problems. I, I, I think in terms of that, it's always easy to blame a player like Pogba. But he well, is a standout player. I just think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal I look player. At, I, look, I look at the kid at Morrison at Man United, at um, Derby. Yeah. No, no one can question his ability. But the, by the way, there's, there's got to be something wrong with him and all. Don't yeah, absolutely, yeah. But every time I've seen Derby County play and he's played, he's been the best player by far. Yeah. So what's Rooney getting out of him? What the other managers didn't get out of him? Exactly. And I'm not looking. Hmm. I'm looking at you. Probably to be in my team, but something not right at Manchester United because I've I've never seen him play bad yet for 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 France. No, ever. I haven't. And uh, skips pass for the under twenty ones when um, Gallagher scored. Um, I thought that was just a tremendous turn and pass. I looked at it, I thought, I I didn't realise it got that in his locker. And then Jack Grealish's first goal for England. I thought it was a wonderful throw out by Johnson. And that's how I want Jack to play. In the middle of the park, get on the ball, run at defenders. Okay, the the team that we played against, there's an argument there that they shouldn't be in our qualification groups because I wouldn't have any of them Minnow Nations in the qualification groups. They'd be in their own. I don't see the point. But if you have got to play them, you have got to play them. And he'd come on and I thought that he was was fantastic in that position. I'm like you. If you've got to play, you've got to play them. Yeah. But what do they learn from me? Nothing. Nothing. They do. They'll learn well, more from San Marino. Absolutely. Do two things. Yeah. They will do two things. Defend. And the first thing they'll set out with mm. is to is, is to is to park the bus. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Secondly, uh, to foul without getting sent off. Yep. So those are two con- uh, contributions to a football match. Mm, pointless. What are they going uh, to learn from it? Nothing. Nothing. And, and that's why I wouldn't have them in there. When they play San Marino, they'll play a different game because they'll look at that and think, oh, that's a bit of a match. I mean, that that match, England versus Andorra, is no match. It's no football game. They shouldn't be in there. It'd be like Tyson Fury fighting against a, a middleweight fighter. There's no point. Fight you against see, your own. You can see have the a game match. was going to be a, an average game. We're yeah. even going to win it. Yeah, I was kind of dipping four in and out. Five. Yeah, I was finished up four or five. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, from a coach's point of view, you're not learning, though. No, there's no jeopardy. There's nothing. It's point. It's just a pointless game. So all, so. all you, all, all English coaches will get out of that. Yeah. If if they win one nil or two nil, they'll come in and give them a bollocking for effort. Yeah. 
the effort's not right. And if you if the effort's not right, that's what you get. Do the, do the coaches learn the tactical awareness from it from them type of games? No, no. because it's such a one-sided game. Yeah, exactly. Defense versus attack. You could you could do that in training. It's just it's just pointless. Don't tell me about it. I did it for about ten years. <laughs> book corner in association with myfootballbooks.com. TC um, first book I picked this week. Barnstorming on a wing and a prayer, authorised biography by Gary James and Peter Barnes. I mean, what a player he was, wasn't he, Peter Barnes? Great player, absolutely great player. Um, but again, in our days, he got everything in his book: pace, glide past people, beautiful left foot. But if he, if you talk to him, he'll tell you. He got a lot of criticism from managers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if the team weren't winning, because the expect the expectation from him, yeah. uh, from managers. Uh, but the, he's an easy cop out. But great, I'm like you. I could watch Peter Barnes all day long. I remember even when I was playing. I remember a goal he scored, and I can't remember who it was against. But it was one of the first times I'd seen a player do this. He he went to to shoot, and he didn't. He sat the goalkeeper on his backside, then just. Knock it over him, yeah. And and he just had again. If you look at Peter Barnes, he had absolutely everything. One of one of the greatest wingers that we've ever produced. Without a question of a doubt, I'll listen. I'll back that one hundred percent. You know, uh, Manchester City. You know, they should never got rid of him and um, Gary Owen. Yeah. And and then they had a great team at um, at West Brom. Yeah. Just missing out on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, Ron left to go to Man United, and then they started to fall by the wayside. But I'm like you, one of the great, one of the great, uh, greatest wingers that we produce. Absolutely. Make no mistake. Absolutely. Second book is the last Busby Babe, the autobiography of Sammy McElroy with Wayne Barton. I've done a podcast with Wayne um, before with his book about George Best, but this looks as though it's going to be a great book. I mean, Sammy McElroy again. What a great player. Talking about players making debuts when they were 17. Then that's what Sammy did. And Uddy played for, uh, with Sammy McElroy towards the end of his career at Stoke City. Again, just what a player Sammy McElroy was. Yeah, brilliant. Abs. You know, well, he, he was going to be the new George yeah, Best. Yeah, he was, I mean, wasn't he? Everybody what came through in that generation were always going to be the new George Best. Yeah. No, it's not even fair on George Best, but it's not fair on the player. Because Sammy no. was, like you said, a great player in his own right. Yeah. But I think the but thing is with Sammy... He was at Man United when they were in uh, decline. Yeah, but, and, and he was Irish as well. So you you get that with people going, oh, he's a new George Best, Northern Ireland, and, and he plays for Manchester United. No, 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 no. He's not the next George Best. He's the first Sammy McElroy. Yeah. Judge Sammy and Sammy, not George, yeah. because there is no next George Best. They, no. They've not been born yet. No, you know? no. One will come. We'll get Ireland. Will get one. We'll get one in England. Yeah. But where everybody else produces, what everybody else produces, one every two or three years, it takes us decades. Oh, absolutely. But again, what a player George great Best player. was. Yeah. And, uh, so two great books. And then the recommendation from Andy of uh, myfootballbooks.com. Check them out, guys. Subscribe yeah. to the website. Have a look at the books. A great library of books. And we do a regular monthly podcast now. Where Jeremy we... Armstrong's got one ready for coming out. And yes. All. We'll talk it, about. Has it been titled yet? Because I know Jerry was um, yes. asking whether he it was. Has. I, I, I did see it. 
Yeah. Um, I did see it. Um, what he put, where I've, I've, I've that much on, you know, with Janet and everything else. Yeah. Um, but we'll look it up for next week. Yeah. And we'll give it, we'll give that a plug. But he has picked, he has picked his a title, and he has picked the one. Um, it's something about like my way type of thing. But yeah. it's, it's not that, but it's something on that line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My will, story or something. Yeah, we will dig that out. It's Magical Maggie as the rise and fall of the world's once greatest football team by David Bailey. It's a fantastic book. In fact, it's a book that I've I've actually read this book, really from front cover to back. I mean, it took me quite some time to read it uh, from Pitch Publishing. So it's been out some time, but it tells a remarkable story of the legendary Hungarian football team in the 50s, a side whose breathtaking technical skills and passing and movement style changed the very way that the sport was played. And it goes on to say, uh, author David Bailey traces team's origins and details. And it is a great book because it goes into the history of Hungary, not just the football, but the politics and how the team evolved. You know, and it and it just is a wonderful story of the greatest, one of the greatest teams never to win the World Cup. Because in the miracle of Bern in the final in 1954, they did play West Germany and got beat 3-2. Puskas had a goal disallowed, and I think had VAR been out in them days, he'd have gone about, to extra time. talk about those, that Hungarian team, don't they? Oh, I just think that they were just a fantastic team. And uh, also, the the coach that he wasn't uh, Sebes was the, was the coach of, of that team but the coach that taught the Hungarians how to play football was the great Jimmy Hogan who on this yeah. day uh, 16th of October which will be Saturday 1882 Jimmy Hogan was born now when we're talking about putting statues up there should be a statue of Jimmy Hogan outside every football ground in this country sadly we're probably one of the only countries that didn't listen to him when he was coaching he taught the Hungarians how to play football the Germans how to play football the Belgians he taught everybody how to play football he was just a fantastic coach ahead of his time and one of uh, one of our greats that sadly we didn't listen to I, I don't know why we always go there I remember I'm trying to think of the reporter for, for Sheffield United his, his name's on tip of my bloody toe um, and I sat on bus going down the um, down to Portsmouth and he would talk. He was talking to me. He sat aside and we were talking to me about, you know, playing players. And now we're talking about Hudson and Curry. Why can't they play together? You know, somebody's got to win the ball. I said, well, what about if you don't give the ball away? Exactly. Because I, you know, I picked a team. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, what the team were in them days. It probably would have been uh, Cooper, Shields or Clemens. I'd have put uh, McFarlane, Todd. Or Kevin beat it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Paulini would have been the right back. Uh, Bali, Udi, and Curry in midfield. Stambols, Dave Thomas, uh, Frank Worthington. Yeah. I'm trying to think who the, the left side of play would have been. Uh, was it Alan? In might have been Alan. In but anyway. And he said to me, he said, it sounds a great pe- uh, uh, team on paper. And I said to him, well, Real Madrid's a great team on paper, but they do produce it. So until we play that type of player in a team, yeah. how do we know it wouldn't produce it? Yeah. 
We do know one thing, the stats always prove we haven't put out a team capable of holding the ball for years. And I'm, yeah. I'm talking about, I was saying that in 1982, yeah. in 1979. You know, we, 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 we don't want to have a look at players like Curry and Hudson playing in the same team. Why, I do not know. Why, it just completely baffles me. I, you know, when, when you look at, Ramsey had banned Allen for, for three years and Allen was going to make his debut the the day that Tony Curry made his debut in 1972 against Northern Ireland. Um, Bobby Moore had already told Al that he was starting, but Alf Ramsey decided that, that he wasn't at the last minute. But Curry and Hudson never played one competitive full international game. They, I think they played a couple of games for the under twenty threes together. Why? Why would? Why would coaches say they couldn't play? Why? I don't know. I've, I, ju- I just have no idea because Curry, Curry and Hudson were the two best midfield players in the country by nautical mile. What? Well, why you, you would when, not when, play Bali, them? When, when Barley played and um, them three would have been the dream. When Barley played, mm. we Hudson. Yeah. And they beat Germany. Yeah. I mean, Ball was getting towards the end of his career then anyway, yeah, wasn't he? What would he be then? 28, 29? Yeah, approximately, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Them two were brilliant. Mm. So you'd imagine Curry alongside of them two. Yeah. Frightening. They, they don't give the ball. When you looked at Curry at Sheffield United, mm. he was hitting passes. Oh, yeah. Right? And people couldn't read him. Yeah. Now, when you, you know, Hudson or, or, or uh, and Alan Woodward would play the Sheffield United, mm. did read it, but other players couldn't read it. Yeah. Right? But when you saw them play, when you look at Bowles and Frank Worthington, all these players, they very rarely gave the ball away. Exactly. The ball stuck. And play in the, one of the hardest positions. Yeah. To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash srbmedia or just follow the links in the description. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 